No matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. Hello, and welcome to You're Dead Too, the podcast about our shared inevitable demise. I'm your host, John Toyson, and this is the podcast in which we look at all of the weird questions surrounding what happens when we die, uh, why we don't talk about it, what we can do to make this a more comfortable conversation, and frankly, just looking at the thing that we never want to look at. This week, my guest is my good friend, Alex Lair. Alex is owner of Thistle Floral, a company that does amazing work with floral arrangements. I've uh, seen their work firsthand. It's beautiful stuff. She is a great guest. We cover a wide variety of topics, everything from her background in bell choir to uh, starting a company to... Uh, the most woo-woo out there hippy-dippy reincarnation stuff to some straight-up ghost stories about electronics and weird stuff happening. So Alex is a lot of fun. I really had a great time talking to her and finding out what she has to say. And if uh, anybody has any questions, comments, feedback, please let me know. Reach out on Instagram, Twitter, Gmail. It's all just yourdeadtoo at Gmail, uh, at yourdeadtoo. available to find me for some feedback happy to hear what people think Uh, otherwise i will just cut right to it and say let's get into it thanks so much for listening and as always enjoy so tell me about the protection crystal it's right here i don't remember what it's called i don't remember what it does it's protection though I'm just thinking of the Simpsons thing where it's like, Lisa, I'd like to buy your rock. Like, so what does it do? It, uh, I think it's supposed to, it's supposed to like help you open up, uh, talk about your feelings, makes you powerful. Okay. I could look it up, but, um, I don't remember what it's called. It's kind of like antidepressants that you don't know exactly the mechanism, but it helps and that's all that matters. Exactly. Okay. Um, I bought it for a girlfriend who is getting separated and it's helping her, like, it said uh, it would help speak your truth, I guess, because she was having a hard time being heard and, like, saying what was really the issue in their marriage and then um, help her be more powerful in her words. Hmm. Okay. And but, he- heals her body. But you have it now. Well, I bought two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's like this was just ending in an unfortunate circumstance. I bought bought two because it was cheaper to buy two than one, and it was pretty. Okay. Uh, Would you like to tell the people your name? Oh, are we starting? We are starting. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, My name's Alex. Hi. Hi. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. How long have we known each other? I was trying to think about this last night. We met through my wife. No. Oh, my God, you're right. We met at St. Thomas. We did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because when we called you Tweezy. Oh, God. Oh, I'm cutting all that out. Oh, <laughs> no. God. Okay. All right. You can't. So we have known each other longer than that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because when I met you, you were just friends with the boys. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. At the mansion. At No, it was before. It was in the dorms. Seriously? Yeah, it was Ireland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Because you were friends with my ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. and all of his friends. Yeah. Although you were friends with, like... Yeah, like Riley, and he was friends with Luke mm-hmm. and Cannell. Yeah? Yeah. That is, 
I honestly, so much of my life, I just trace back to the overlap of EB and all of my college friends that I just assume like everything kind of stems from there. So like, that is not so you knew me as like it was like a hard thing for me to do to change my um, in my phone your name to John from Tweezy. Oh God, yeah. Okay, full transparency. I lived in room four twenty (laughs) in in the dorms, um, and it was funny to everybody to call out four twenty as I would walk by because obviously, and uh, that would just get shortened and would become for Tweezy and then a bunch of my friends started calling me Tweezy and mm-hmm. that stuck for so long and I could never explain that to my parents and eventually it did fade away. Nope, not in my heart. Oh God, yeah. Still there. Yeah, I, I had coffee with Kano um, back in November and Tweezy, what's up? Yeah, just, Tweez, yeah. it's still, mm-hmm. I'm still that in a lot of people's heads. So In fact, I remember the party that, it was a, in a basement of a house that you brought EB, and I mm. was so pumped. I bet that was – it wasn't the slums that was it. Was it Sam's place? No, it was a party that I – I mean, it was like a night where I was in town, and we just like went basement, 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 basement. Because <laughs> that's all they are in St. Paul yeah. is just basements of houses. But it, I, I mean, I very clearly remember seeing her walk down the stairs and me just being like – what my friend yeah so i think i do know what party that was was it megan does that sound familiar i have no idea anyway um yeah that's that's kind of how it was though is i'd start dating evie and people are like wait evie evie like Mm -hmm. oh i was so excited that's funny so uh we have known each other for at least 15 years then 50 years that's crazy uh what is the high level overview of Alex. What is like, you know, to use corporate jargon, twenty thousand feet. Who's Alex? <laughs> no pressure. Um, where'd you I grow don't up? Know. Hopkins. What, Hopkins, Minnesota. I guess it depends on who you talk to. Yeah. Of like uh, who Alex is. Yeah. Some people not so nice. You well, no, you live a pretty authentic life though. I think of you as somebody who is not duplicitous in who you are. Like. I picture you in your professional capacity being pretty similar to who you are in your personal life, just mm-hmm. a little more, just cutting Cleaner? out a few of the fucks. Yeah. <laughs> showered? A shower. Yeah. Person. Well, yeah, literally and figuratively cleaner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would say I'm pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like candy <laughs> and uh, my dog and. I work really hard, although sometimes it doesn't look like it. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Weird. I really wish my life was like living inside of a Jack Jams music video. <laughs> okay. I get that. That's... Zubas. Yeah. Pump up the jam. Mm-hmm. Dancing. Spandex. 90s basketball players are all around space jam space jam okay. r kelly yikes are you having a hard time with r kelly now you know yeah big time but i feel like as long as you acknowledge that he's a jerk and a perv maybe you can still listen to it privately yeah that's so did you watch leaving neverland no but i heard all about it <clears throat> and it's really upset me like to my core mm-hmm. that um but i still think i'll listen I won't, 
I won't actively try to find Michael Jackson on my iTunes, but I definitely will um, jam out to PYT if it comes on the radio. It's really hard because I've for years in my head thought like, you can separate the artist from the art. Like that's, you know, I'm sure there are many people in my life that I've never known about. Like I only recently found out Sam Cooke was a real piece of shit too. Oh, really? The, yeah, like 60s soul singer. Like, yeah. Love his music. I will constantly tell Alexa, play Sam Cooke when I'm like making dinner for my daughter. But like just re- listen to an episode of Disgraceland where it's like, oh, he was literally a murderer. Like, <gasps> Stop it. it. Yeah. So. Who'd he murder? Uh, it. It's an awesome episode of Disgraceland. If you want to go listen to it, it's um, it involves him with a number of different women who one of them turns down his advances and mm. oh, did she get shot or stabbed? Either way, not great. Yeah, it doesn't end well. Shoot. Um, it's a real bummer. But again, I didn't know that. I loved his music for yeah. years. And like the Michael Jackson thing was in the 90s that first came out, like that was a long-standing thing that we all kind of knew culturally but didn't really address. But watching this documentary, like, I had nightmares, like, literal nightmares. of. Like, I think I just didn't know about the extent of it. Like, you you know, when you're young, we, we were kids. Yeah. We were that age in that time mm-hmm. of those boys. We were his prime targets. Right. Well, I wasn't. Yeah, you were not. I was. Right. I actually bore a striking resemblance to Macaulay Culkin as a kid, so that was definitely <laughs> not good. <laughs> But it's, yeah, you, you talk about it, but then you don't really unpack what that means, to use that phrase I keep using all the time. And then you go into, like, sordid detail, and it's just a bummer through and through. Like, it is just such a, like, you have a knot in your stomach watching this, and it goes on for, like, four hours. And, but, I mean, he made some amazing music. So totally. Totally. It's... But, like, he didn't do all that music. Like we were saying before we started recording, that... The music industry is not that person. It's not Michael Jackson. There are writers and producers and musicians behind it that actually make it. He just performs it. Yeah. Were we really Michael Jackson fans or were we really Quincy Jones fans? We are Quincy Jones fans. Yes. That's what we are fans of. That is the trouble. But I do love the aesthetic of like prime era of Michael Jackson. Like that was the most badass to me as a kid. But like, So then do we just like listen to a lot of Bruno Mars instead? It just feels like a cheap carbon copy and i'm sorry yeah. i love bruno mars like i unabashedly i love some pop music but like oh, maybe yeah maybe he should just go through and cover his whole catalog and just do it like i've never really watched a roman polanski film just knowing like oh i'm so better than him but like i still love manhattan by woody allen or mm, yeah uh, i see what you mean you know like i just i think you just have to like say it out into the universe be like i acknowledge that this is not a great guy but i like this film or i like this song not a great person like this song it's the inverse of love the sinner hate the sin of like yeah i love the art hate the artist like that person was clearly a tortured monster but like anyway so um getting away from that unpleasantness all right what do you want to talk at all about your business because this has been something how long have you been in business for yourself now um almost 10 years it will be 10 years how did you get started with Thistle? Like, I remember when it first... Um, it was kind of like a big-time mistake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I was working at a school. No, prank. That's not what happened. I was... <laughs> <laughs> Psych! You guys believe trying that. Trying to find a job after college. Yep. And... Um, I sold women's shoes. 
cute lady footlocker no macy's oh no i do remember that yeah. oh yeah cute wearing all black and just stressed out all the time ew smelly fat feet yeah it was weird i learned a lot but okay so the fun pre-2008 we just thought like well what am i gonna do the economy's only booming and never been better oh like, i don't even think i cared about the economy i think no. i was like oh can i get some money to buy some beer yeah can i pass a drug test for the job uh, yeah i'm gonna be fine mm-hmm. yeah uh, so I was living in an apartment and down the street, um, I was just kind of like looking for a job to fill my time, pay my bills, whatever. And there was a flower shop on the corner that I drove past and in a big sign it said now hiring. And my friend Matt was like, Hey, you should work there. And I was like, okay, I don't know anything about flowers. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And, um, I walked in and there are these two girls standing at the counter and one of them said, are you here to apply for a job? And I go, yes. And she goes, great. If I could, I'd hire you right now. I really love your attitude. And I was like, okay, weirdo. Are you asking or telling? Telling? So then um, I filled out the application. I got the job. And the two girls that were at that counter, Leah and Teresa, what up, ladies? (laughs) They are my dearest friends now. They helped with the flowers for my wedding. Very cool. We worked together for however many years. Uh, Teresa moved on. Leah moved on to a wholesale position um, as a salesperson. I kind of followed her. We all kind of got fired from a flower shop, but whatever. Would you like to tell that story? No, I mean, like, all separate reasons. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Well, no, actually, Teresa left. I got fired because um, bullshit, bureaucratic reasons. My boss didn't like me, and I was, like, the final of the, the three. Our boss called us the mean girls. (laughs) <laughs> Apparently, we were not nice to the um, other people that were working. I just suspect you have a very It's really low... surprising, knowing me, right? Yeah. You have a very low bullshit tolerance, I Correct. think, is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, whatever. Uh, I followed Leah to wholesale. Kind of ran the greenhouse there. She was a salesperson in the greenhouse. I'm pounding on the table. Um, and then, blah, 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 met some... Other um, independent florists that were just kind of, they weren't working at a shop. They were doing it on their own, either like out of their basements or, which sounds bad, but true. No, I mean, that's. Um, or out of like little studios, you know, independent. So one of them asked me um, if I ever freelanced, like if she could hire me for like a weekend helping her with a wedding. So I did that a bunch and I loved it. And I loved how she operated her business. And I thought, well, I can probably do that. And then. Um, Kelsey and Jason got married and they were my first wedding <clears throat> on my, fully on my own. I remember that. But I was still working at the greenhouse. Um, and then I kind of snowballed from there, started doing other people's weddings, um, just like for friends and stuff. And then kind of bullshit happened at the greenhouse and I was done. And I, I was like, I shouldn't be crying on my way to work every day. This is so frustrating. So I <laughs> was living with a boyfriend at the time. I went to work, said, I quit. Bye-bye. And then came home half hour later. And my boyfriend was like, what are you doing here? And I said, I quit my job. I'm going to I'm gonna start my own business. And he's like, how? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And I did. So. Goddamn right. Just kind of woke up one day and. Holy shit. So that was a decade ago. Mm-hmm. That is the sign of, I would think, you know, legitimacy that you've been doing this for 10 years that you kind of know what you're doing now. Or idiocracy. Stubbornness. Yeah. Refusal to admit defeat. Big time stubbornness. No, you do great work. And I remember from the beginning 
my wife pointing out, like, you know, Alex did all the flowers at the wedding. And then mm-hmm. remember thinking, I don't know enough to have taste about this, but it seems like a good thing. And the more <laughs> I've seen your work over the years, I've thought, yeah, that does look like her, and this looks really nice. It like, doesn't look like trash. Good job. No, it's yeah. the idea that, like, I can't necessarily recognize quality, but I'd know if this was shit, I would say, these look like bad arrangements. But yeah. Like, no, this is something where... It's unappealing to my eyeballs. Yeah, the minimal exposure I've had to it in my life, I can at least recognize this is done well and professionally. Um, so I'm sure you're even more talented than I'm giving you backhanded compliments for, and holy shit, now I just want to die in a little <laughs> ball of anxiety. Um <laughs> Let's take a quick divergence, though, to that helps establish who you are now. Mm-hmm. Were you in any capacity raised religious or in any faith, or was that anything that happened for you growing up? So I was raised Lutheran. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say, I mean, we went to church every Sunday. I was in, <laughs> ready to change your view of me. <laughs> a little bit. I was um, heavily involved in the youth group Mm. and the choir forever and get this the bell choir bell choir yeah wow (laughs) so was this two-handed one in each hand yeah i played the big dongers (laughs) of course you did (laughs) some of them were so big that they (laughs) they didn't you couldn't hold them oh so like (laughs) it was to the moment of like i need to be ready they had a stand so you just had to dong them you know <laughs> like you had to just reach over and bong. dong a bell okay okay uh so i did that um we even traveled really yeah like we performed in south dakota one time what <laughs> i'm sure well that's what that's how little south dakota had going on at the time is the yeah. we watch these kids play bells did you hey listen it wasn't just kids it was adults too we were oh. very good oh so you were playing with the professionals uh-huh. you yeah, were... yeah, yeah. Okay. white gloves we had to wear like soft shirts because that's how you stop the bells is like on your shoulders oh my god i remember bell choirs so much mm-hmm. oh it was the best I was always fascinated by it when I would see them perform and just like, so is your sheet music just like rest, 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 dong, rest, rest. Correct. And you had to, you had to really get the arm movements. Yep. The big dinger, dinger dongers. For those who can't see, which is everybody else, Alex (laughs) is giving a full on (laughs) fist in the air. A good demonstration. Yeah. Okay. So did you seek out the bells first or is it just like... I kind of want to swing the bell. I want to do that. Or it was, was like a thing that you wanted to do. The director was the choir director too. Okay. And they had some retiring ladies. So me and a couple other friends that were in uh, youth group just were like, oh, I can dung a bell. Sure. And I'm willing to bet that the the heavy religious focus here isn't even necessarily because of a thing that you were into so much as it was a social circle that you 100%, were 100%. Like, I was there for the party. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was... Just, I liked having something to do. I think, um, you know, having severe ADHD as a child, my parents wanted to put me in as many outside of the house activities as possible. So like, oh, Wednesday night, you have choir. Bye. Sunday night, youth group. See you later. And then, um, I don't know why, I was never there for the scripture. I mean, the messages are nice. Lutheranism is pretty Be nice bland. to your neighbors. Yeah. Here's a cracker. Yep. Sing a song. Donuts after. Right? Uh, you kind of sell me on it just doing that. Yeah. I would take it for the donuts. So did any of that like sink in or was it just kind of... I don't know. I mean, I think the part that sunk in was 
basically the same part that like the YMCA, their core values are the same, like respect, responsibility, yep. uh, caring, and I can't remember the fourth one. Friendship, I'm not sure. But there are there are four. I worked for the Y. It's oh, okay. caring, respect, responsibility. Can't remember the fourth one. It's your Romney moment. Honesty. There you go. Honesty. All right. Total redemption. So I think those are the things that I took from church was be nice to your neighbors, dung a bell, have a donut. Yeah. Right? That's, you know, as far as takeaways from a Lutheran church, that's about as substantial as it's going yeah. to get for anybody. Yeah. I would definitely was just like there for the activities. Like one time I played Joseph in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> Do you remember all the words? I mean, if you were to put the soundtrack on, I could probably sing along pretty well. Yeah, that's one that seems to get into people's heads. Yeah. So when you, and this is something that I, I can kind of pick up on with different people, that when you left then your parents' home, went off to college, mm-hmm. did uh, was that anything you continued to pursue or dig into? Or did you kind of have your investigation of like, are you a spiritual person now? I mean, you've got the crystal here. I was going to say, as um, shown by my protection crystal, mm-hmm. I think my thing is more spiritually based and... Um, I don't need to worship with a group. I think that is hard for me. Other people bother me. I get that. <laughs> so to see them like just be real intense about something is really annoying to me. And something that leads to a lot of judgment of other people. Correct. Which you would think would be kind of a fun thing to do. It just doesn't feel it's good. It's not. And I'm tired and Sunday mornings are hard. Yeah, that was always a thing. Yeah. That was just, I wanted one more day to just sleep in. Like, yeah. God's really everywhere. Or just like do other things. Mm-hmm. You can be spiritual all the time. It doesn't have to be on this day. Okay, so as you have gotten to where you are in your life now, this is not something that's necessarily gnawed away at you like it has some other people I've talked to about this. Like, is spirituality, it's something that you are open to and it's something that you're acknowledging as part of your life but like it's not it doesn't seem to cause an anxiety or like a an existential dread within you that like does that make sense yeah that's a really uh heavy question (laughs) (laughs) we're about 20 minutes in this is where it starts Uh, to get heavy no no dread okay i think it's fun really yeah fun how well like following the bible is stressful I don't like rules. Um, I think literal teachings are hard in the Bible. like Right, like the dogmatic laws of don't do this, don't touch this before this. Just like be nice. Why does it have to go beyond that? I was always hard-pressed to think that God really cares that much about the very intricate, like this kind of cloth is yes. very sinful. Like, right. Really, cloven-hooved animals are unclean. Like, yeah. I get trichinosis. Like, that's animal spoil. Health is different. Yeah. Basic animal <laughs> Shit in your sanitary. water is not great. <laughs> right. If we want to call that religion, sure. But that's sure. not, like, that seems weird that the almighty, all-powerful would have a strong preference about. Mm-hmm. So... But I mean, I still, I believe in God. Okay. I think Jesus was a real person. Really? Yes. Okay. I don't know. I think that most of the stories are a little fantastical. Yeah. Um, And I don't think that our actions, if I were to punch you in the face right now, I would not go to hell. Right? Our actions, unless they are 
my God, how deep do you want to get? Deep as you want. Okay. So I think, okay, ready for the woo-woo stuff? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay. okay. So I think that when you are, before you're born, you sign a contract of how you how your life is going to go. And I don't know why, but sometimes it's not a great one. Sometimes it's a short one. Sometimes it's a long one. Good, bad, ugly. I think that that's just how life is going to go. I think you still have choices, but I think that there's a contract. And you have to, I'm not going to explain this right. You have to fulfill that contract. That's your life. Then the next life it's a different contract based on how well you did with this other contract. Does that make sense? Kind Maybe of. we need to start over. <laughs> no, it's. I want to say it's like dharma that like you've, sort of you've got um, kind of like a karmic obligation to do the things that you have agreed to do. That yeah, you've signed up for this course and this is. But like you chose your life. You chose to come in to this life at that time that you came into. Okay. And how literal are you feeling the idea of the contract and, like, pre-existence? Pretty literal. Like, there is, on some level, some form of an individual's, like, intentionally saying, picking this one today? Yes. Garbage man. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Where did that come from? Um, Like, some woo-woo shit I heard one time. Felt pretty good, so you kind of stuck to it? Yeah. I mean, because I think... It goes along with like, like spirit guides and, you know, dead ancestors. I think. <laughs> like, oh, this is gonna get really weird. Now, this is what's fun about this is we okay. just took one left turn and suddenly it's like we are in the fucking weeds now. All right. Like this is why I want to do this. Okay. So I think. Um, so I was listening to this podcast a long time ago about um, this. Lady who's a psychic who fully believes in spirit guides. I do too. And she was talking to one of her spirit guides. And um, he missed an opportunity. I'm going to get the story wrong. But he missed an opportunity to jump in um, to a life uh, and then continue to be a spirit guide. Oh, so he Does was... that make sense? Yeah, that he was supposed to like take the next vessel but instead was like i'm gonna hang back on accident and yeah i'll continue to coach yes okay yeah and so that yeah. so that clicked for you that just felt like yeah. authentic and mm -hmm. okay because i think like i believe in afterlife i believe in spirit guides i believe in um ghosts <laughs> That's exactly how I see it in my head every time, too. I'm honestly, like yeah. a, with wiggly letters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like seven O's in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you, I want to chase all of these avenues of yeah, thought. Yeah, we but... could. Do you have seven hours? <laughs> you can come back. That's the all fun right. thing about this. Cool. Um, ghost stories in your life? Have you experienced? Billions. Some... Okay, so we're going to come back to that. We'll put a okay. pin in that and come back okay. to that. So what I've struggled with getting older and getting away from the sphere of influence of my parents, not that they were in any way overbearing, but the idea of, like, they raised me. They're... Weren't your parents really religious, though? Do I remember that? Um, Not super religious. My dad's a pretty cut-and-dry Lutheran guy. My mom really buys into it because she always tells me, so much to question, but too much to deny. I'm like, well, yeah, that too much to Is deny Is your brother part... really religious? Mm, 
No, I don't think either one of them are, but my parents are fairly... Like, if you imagine the parents from a big fat Greek wedding, like yeah. the 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 not Greek people, that's oh. kind of my parents. Like, super waspy, yeah. pretty, like... My dad was pretty religious, yeah. Um, I went to Catholic high school, Catholic middle school, Maybe Catholic that's why I think. Yeah, I was always curious about it in the, like... Um, <laughs> in the forensic sense of like mm-hmm. how much bullshit can I sniff out here yeah and like I you can just see how much hardwired anxiety I have where I want to dig into this stuff and realizing at like you know 12 13 14 like oh wait I think some people are making this stuff up and Catholic is tough dude like that's a lot yeah it's a lot it's a lot of dogmatic like hard and fast rules a lot of iconography and so as I've gotten older you know for me getting away from uh, the small town and kind of the what is assumed to be normal for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I want to dig into that and why people believe certain things. So realizing that all religions kind of share a certain arbitrary truth to them. Like yeah. nobody's going to ever have proof because of the nature of what it is. Right. Uh, I was also a philosophy major in college. So that's a, you know, Nerd. Yeah, I'm not a lawyer or a priest, so why did I do that? I don't know. To sell women's shoes. Great. <laughs> why does the slingback peep toe make you feel like a... So that's, I love talking about this stuff and digging into this because I don't necessarily believe any of the same things that you do. So mm-hmm. to hear you talk about this and to like, I don't particularly feel any benevolent force from the crystal. Oh, dude, it's not for you. It's for me. Oh, okay. It's got so, my energy on it. There. Okay, so... Again, I don't know that. I've also talked to... Um, but I think you have to believe in it. For it to work. It's the same thing as like, I don't necessarily know that um, meditation works, but do you feel better after? Yeah, Yeah, I you actually... feel calmer, and I think it's like all in your brain, which is why sometimes when I'm really anxious, I lick a Xanax. Yeah. Because I don't need a full one. I just need like... Oh, that... you lick a Xanax? Yes, I lick I it. I didn't hear that right at first. Yep, okay. I lick it. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't, it's just like a psychosomatic thing. Like I know it's going to – the actual drug would, yes, help me. Do okay. I need a lot of it? No, I'm anxious in this moment and I know it's going to pass in five minutes. What's going to help me? It could be – you could tell me spinning in circles for five minutes would help me be less anxious. I'd probably do it. Okay. But like licking a Xanax makes me feel better. Almost it's the placebo really expired. <laughs> Oh, so it's the same Xanax? Over it's like I have like 10 pills in one bottle. I just pick one out, lick it, put it back. Oh, wow. It's gross. A little bit. Sometimes my husband, when I'm a little crazy, he goes, do you need to go lick a Xanax? And I say, yeah. That's when I know I'm being a total dick. Okay. I love all of this. <laughs> this is why I want to have you back on. So, um, so I talked about with uh, our mutual friend Carly when she mm-hmm. was on the idea of um, – the neurochemical responses in our brains from prayer that um, there is religious overlap in the thinking of prayers and religious rituals might have been founded in part by obsessive compulsive tendencies and people who wanted to think the same thing over and over again like as as a talisman against bad things happening and when I first got the recommendation from my doctor to go talk to a therapist she had said yeah I can see some OCD tendencies in your thought process oh yeah I have it yeah like hey doc not cool. <laughs> like but I didn't cool. ask for that. But it, it has really helped of just acknowledging like I've never thought of myself as like one, two, three, touch, touch, touch. But right. just the inability to let an idea go mm-hmm. is really difficult mm-hmm. for me. Like Same. I will I'm like a dog chasing its tail. So I can't 
for whatever reason, I don't cotton to a particular faith or dogma or something that feels like, ah, oh, this really feels like it, but more so for me, the idea of like, all right, so why does the needle fall into this groove in the record? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to look into what does this mean when it goes around like this? For me, it's not necessarily finding solace in the idea of a master plan or like a karmic way mm-hmm. as I motion my hands out to like explain what I'm dealing with, but more so why do I feel the things that I feel? And just chasing my own meta bullshit of mm-hmm. why do I feel this way? So to you, this is something that you've found things that you find kind of seem to resonate intrinsically. Is that today? Today. As I mean, you don't put too much. No, I think it's it. fun. I think it's funny. How dare you have fun? To be like, just to think like, oh, this rock. It's got magical powers, and I got to clean it with either sunlight or filtered water. Like, that's funny. But, like, also it's interesting, and why not? Why not do it? Where's the harm? Exactly. Okay. If it, like, is a pretty thing to look at, and if it, you know, same thing, like, OCD thoughts, where it's, if if you think, like, if I do this, then nothing bad will happen. Okay. I don't see any tigers around, Lisa. Exactly. <laughs> it's that. So if it's if I don't have it and something bad happens, then I could be like, I'm. I think what it is is maybe I'm superstitious. A little stitious. <laughs> but just a little stitious. Okay. <laughs> there and there, again, there's no. I'm not. A. I'm not going to judge anything like that. But B. Where's the harm in that if that helps you sleep at night, right? Or it helps you be a better person throughout the day. That's getting different people's perspective that just helps me understand how different people deal with all of this shit. Yeah. So with the understanding, possibly the, you know, going along these lines of helping me understand what you're coming from, what do you think happens when we die? Um, well, I don't think that there is a hell. I think that <clears throat> currently this maybe is hell. <laughs> Depending on the news of the day, yeah. it can definitely feel like that. Like yeah. this is our purgatory to get cleansed through. And Yeah. Okay. And I think you, whatever you learn, like I was saying, you know, you sign a contract to learn something or to help people. Maybe your contract is to, I don't know, be a total jackass. Who knows? But whatever you learn from that, then you can take on into the next time. And I guess maybe you can stay in wherever it is for as long as you want, or maybe you are in one day, out the next. Who knows? I think that you go to a place and assess what you learned (laughs) and hang out. Do you want to get into why I think that? Yes. Because I think that'll explain it. Please. So I had a friend who died. A couple years ago. And um, I also heavily believe in psychics. I don't spend my money on them often. But I've talked to a couple. And the last two that I've talked to have brought up my friend, Johnny, who died. Um, there's another experience that we'll get into. Remind me later. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last... the la- So Johnny drank himself to death. And it wasn't great. Um, he, I think his contract that he signed was just going to be a hard life. And it was, 
Um, so the last psychic I saw, she said, um, I was asking questions about Johnny and she said, you know, he's just kind of living it up. He's sit right now. He's sitting back in a chair, smoking a cigarette, drinking a cocktail. And it's like, whatever, man, that's his attitude. Her, she explained it to me that he was just having like a, I imagined him as like Frank Sinatra, just like sitting in a big leather chair, cigarette, cocktail, kicking back, watching funny things. I don't know. The 20th century kind of holding court in a bar. Yes. Yes. That was like what he loved to do. Sure. So I think he's still doing that. And I've heard that from a couple psychics. That independently shouldn't know each other or anything about this information. Right. Um, And no way that they could have known who I'm talking about. Um, So I think that's what you do in your off time, quote unquote. And when you decide to come back, you choose the family, you choose what you want to be born into. Or maybe if you're not a good guy in your in your past contract, it's chosen for you. You're chosen into a bad place or maybe not. I don't know. A roll of the dice. If, yeah. So are you somebody who believes in or, uh, you know, sees the validity in fate or predestination? Sure. Yeah. Big really? time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Does that tell me more? like i'm gonna ask a bunch of bullshit Um, about it i think i mean like i think you still have a choice like am i gonna turn left here or turn right here i'll turn left am i gonna go to this target or that target i'll go to that target but i think ultimately where you end up is where you were supposed to end up the job you're gonna have is the job you were supposed to have the Mm. person you're with is the person you were supposed to be with i don't think that there's one specific person for you forever but i think who you're with right now is who you're supposed to be with right now Mm. and i think that's who i'm friends with you know at a certain time or who i'm dating at a certain time i learned so much from those people that then going on i can take from those relationships whether or not they still exist or or they fizzled out i learn from them and i move on and i'm a better person or a worse person i don't know have you ever heard of the phrase for want of a nail? No. Um, I'm going to screw this up, but it's basically this old, um, not like a wives' tale. It's this, it's this, this um, concept that escapes me where it comes from right now, but the idea that for want of a nail, because this horseshoe wasn't properly secured to the hoof, the hoof of a horse, mm-hmm. the horse threw a shoe who then bucked off the king mm-hmm. and the king hits his head and dies and then the kingdom is without a leader and then the kingdom goes to war with some like basically that the butterfly effect of like yes. the smallest little thing yes. leads to these ex- huge extrapolations yes. of and that's i've i mean can't you think of one thing that happened to your life that then because of that then this happened and i mean i can think of a oh, perfect example yeah absolutely please my my um My cousin and I were living together, having the best time, and she got pregnant. Um, And because she got pregnant, she stayed with this guy, Chris, who is a dream. He is the best, right? And I'm so happy that they're together. However, that meant that we had to stop living together. So I moved into this apartment that I didn't pick out. I was crazy timing of the whole thing. Um, I had a month to figure out where I was going to live. But in that month, two weeks of it, I was on, I was in Ireland on a vacation with a friend. So my mom found the apartment 
And because of that apartment that my mom picked, I then met this guy who I dated for a long time. We lived together. It was, you know, a good relationship at the time. A I chapter learned of your life. a lot. And that's when I started my business was in that time because I was surrounded because of him by all these artists and independent people that were just like doing it, right? Mm -hmm. They were like, well, I don't have any money, but I'm still doing what I love. And this is what I'm meant to do. I'm not meant to work nine to five. Um, So seeing that really inspired me to start my business. Because of that, um, I met Johnny, who died. He, He designed my business cards. He was a graphic designer. So because of that, then I had someone who was going to do a really hard part of it that I didn't have the money to pay for. He was going to do that for me for free. So it was this huge, um, you know, domino effect of because Mary got, not because Mary got pregnant, but, you know, she got pregnant. I had to move out. I got this apartment. I met my ex-boyfriend. Through him, I met all these artists and was inspired to do why I'm do what I'm doing and why I'm here right now. And if you wrote that as like a pilot of a TV show, you would say like, well, that's a lot of elements. Can we like shorten that up to like, there's no way that that happens to a person of all of these things line up where. But it all happened in like three years. Yeah. And then um, I just made a lot of contacts from that that kept my business going right away. Um, And then when he and I broke up, I lost a lot of those contacts and had to like really do it by myself and really show myself that I could forge this business alone. And I don't know, it just, when I think about that, that is really shaped who I am today. That was a thing that was out of my control fully. I was not in the room when my cousin got pregnant. <laughs> so I, I didn't have a choice in it, but it shaped where I am today. Yeah, I've never been one to really, I've not had any super traumatic stuff happen. My therapist would probably disagree because it's my own dismissive <laughs> language of like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's not yeah. that bad. She's like, do you hear yourself every time you say that? Yeah. I'm starting to. Um, I've never wanted to, like that that um, conversational question of like, if you could go back in time and change, like, no, because all of anything. that has led me here. Yeah. Like, I love my life right now. Mm-hmm. I've loved it for the last X amount of time this is my life. Every choice has led me here. This is, whether or not it's fate or just pure chaos, this is how the deck of cards has landed. And I would rather live this than anything else that I don't know. Mm -hmm. But So you would say, uh, to backtrack just a little bit, I would wager that you would say that we are some kind of eternal being. Uh, Yeah, I think our souls, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So when we die, the self that we know, does that, do you think that ends it doesn't end you feel that it goes on to the next journey yep okay yeah now something you specifically mentioned before we got started was your overlap with the funeral business Mm-hmm. so how have you how has that butted up against your world did you anticipate that much before you were going to business for yourself like mostly i think of it as weddings but there's also mm-hmm. this entire flip side of oh shit the big thing people need flowers for mm-hmm is funerals yeah so weddings are the worst really i love doing them but it's um it's really stressful yeah and um when you're a bride or a groom and you're in that stressful state all you're thinking about is yourself yes 
And that is tough on a person. It is the opposite of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. It is the desire for things and Mm -hmm. connection. And me, 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 me. Which, fine, it should be. It's a really, it's, it is all about you for that day. And it should be, you should get what you want. It's Um, just a big party. Yeah. To celebrate how much you love somebody. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But uh, funerals are different. It's about everybody else in the room. And I never get a thank you note from weddings. I always get a thank you note from funerals. And that's telling right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think what funerals have taught me is that um, when you die, you're fine. It's everybody else that is sad. So you should not be scared of dying because you're not going to be the sad one. Right? And people throw you this beautiful party that you are not, you don't have to be so stressed out about. It's very true. Right. Have you... Plus, I see a lot of dead bodies, and so it's, like, not really that scary anymore. Go on. Well, like, when I have to drop off flowers at a funeral, I have to put the casket spray on the casket where their body is. I'm sorry, casket spray? Yep, that's the flowers that go on top of the casket. Oh. <laughs> it's not like a hose. Industry jargon. <laughs> yeah, no. A flower hose. <laughs> is it, like, holy water to keep the dead from reanimating? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I... Or the the flowers that are on either side of the casket or the or the urn. Oh wow! I mean, someone has to put them there, and it's me. Wow. Me, only me, no one else. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, no. Everybody, clear out. <laughs> Alex has got this. Um, oh, shit. Okay, so that really, I suppose, that really reinforces the idea of the vessel. That mm-hmm. this is just a temporary yeah. meat suit. Yes. And you know, I'll I'll do it at funeral homes. I'll do it at churches. There's um. There was one funeral home that I dropped off flowers to that is, I won't mention where it is. It's in a place in like an old kind of castle-y looking building. Mm. And the uh, the sign said like deliveries in the rear. So I have to go in and it's normally someone greets you, right? And shows you where to put the flowers. <clears throat> so this was a full service funeral home where all the um, flowers had to be brought to the basement and then they would set it up for you so you just had like a drop zone kind of like a just like a weird hallway but the signs were all like hand drawn in marker it was like floral this way arrow and then it was like floral down the stairs and I was like am I gonna get murdered here like what is this place (laughs) yeah bringing me three floors down totally not a booby trap yes absolutely they're like candy downstairs so um brought it down and um, put it on the shelf and I turn around and there's the like the where everything is happening I don't want to say details it seems disrespectful but like I can see what's happening it's a facet of the process though yeah. it's, it's like the actual physical and chemical processes are happening in yeah. that room where normally it's not so in the room where I am but like right down the hallway like closer than you as a civilian would want to be to the yes. process of like hey fuckers how about a boundary right like just a little bit of like mm-hmm. just because you're in this tangentially related business doesn't mm-hmm. mean you want to necessarily see the grim backdrop of Correct. what's happened it's like seeing how the rides work at disney world it's not it's not my thing yeah that's that's hard mm-hmm. has it I, I just have so many questions about that. I mean, ask it, away. Yeah. Have you, so people generally you would say are a little more forgiving or a little more open because of what they're going through when they appreciate the guidance of. I think uh, 
flowers at a funeral are like the only pretty thing. Versus oh. at the wedding, everything's pretty. The tables are pretty. The silverware is pretty. The chairs are pretty. Yeah. Um, at the funeral, it's you're you're seated in a way that you're just staring at this person that you love that is no longer going to be physically in your life, and if you are uncomfortable staring at that, you have nothing to stare at but like the person talking or the room itself or the flowers and the flowers are pretty and interesting. So people stare at that. So the family I think is thankful that, um, one, I make it really easy. And, um, two, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a representation of this person or what they thought this person would love. Um, that is beautiful that they can, I don't know. It's just death is ugly to some people and flowers are pretty. Yeah. I'd never considered that they're the only pretty thing at the funeral and that Mm -hmm. weddings are just, everything has to be perfect. Everything is pretty. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Do you, is it too corny and on the nose to say that it's a, you know, a reminder of the shortness and the ephemeral nature of life that yeah. you know, we're all we bloom I mean, for a short time <clears throat> last year i would say i did more funerals for people under the age of 50 than i did over the age of 80 shit yes i did three of people our age mm-hmm. is it hard to shake that off do you take that home with you well those ones were um like i had a personal relationship with the family so it was extra tough yeah um, well, two of them were. Um, so that's hard, but it also is like really nice for me. I would I would feel so um, bad <laughs> if if I found out that that um, someone used a stranger for that because it feels so personal to me. Sure, that it and it almost feels like I can help them in the healing process yeah because i know the person and And i know the family yeah and it means something to me and i know it means something for them to talk about their loved one in this process they don't no one else in this process they don't know they don't know the funeral director they may know like the people at their church but they don't know you know any medical people or funeral people but they know me and i can help with that i can help we can cry. We can have our meeting can be five hours long and we can cry. We can have snacks. We can talk about the people. We can be mad. We can feel all the feelings. So it's nice for me because I know that that is helpful in the healing process for them. And I never really considered that. Yeah. I mean, that's why I want to get in contact with some funeral directors and mm-hmm. people that are in that side of the industry because, again, they don't. Unless you know somebody for a longer time, that's not really somebody who you – I can point to you and say you are specifically the only person in the floral industry that I know. Yeah. You know, so I don't – if I had – You better be. <laughs> Just kidding. Nobody else. <laughs> but if I had anybody in my life that was in the funeral business, I would have nothing but questions for them, certainly leading up to, but then God forbid anything happened, that you, know, you hear nightmare stories of people being taken advantage of and you just you, – how, really? how are you going to know unless you've – been through it before which yeah. god forbid you know you don't right. want to like you know i've i've bought a coffin or two in my time and i can tell you <laughs> you don't want to yeah you know and that's that's also coming from the fact that i grew up in a household that was supported by the car industry of sure. like supposed to be these scammers of scammers you know mm-hmm. like 
but it was a small town, so we lived and died by our reputation. So if mm-hmm. if you were, you know, shitty and scammy, you were found out right away. Right. You know, it it just is so. It kind of reminds me of the idea of like an executioner would wear a hood so that nobody would know who it was. Mm-hmm. That we hire. Actually, I think it's so that the um, souls of the other people can't come into your body. Really? I don't know. I think so. Like, so you can't breathe in. Like, oh, so a you're lot not, okay, you're not souls... basing that on anything that you've learned somewhere. You're saying that's... No, that's... I, like, I feel like I've heard that. that oh, like, really? That's why there's no mouth on the executioner's Oh, yeah, because there's eye holes. It's just there's... eye holes, so they can see what they're doing. But, like, anytime you see, like, in movies or whatever, like, a spirit comes out of a body, and then they try to inhabit someone else, they go, they go the into their fucking mouth. <sighs> we should look that up later. Maybe that's just my imagination yes if you're hearing this uh harass us on twitter uh you're dead too let me know if that's true at all okay but also all of this because i could be making up a lot of the facts that i'm saying fact checkers please let us know (laughs) but i've done so i'm a registered minister and stop it yeah so it's kind of funny that you and i've never overlapped in that in that well my brother's also registered so like i recommend him yeah if if tony's out there i'm not going to take his business you should tony's really busy Okay. But, you know, what I was going to say, though, is that I've never liked doing it as a hired gun. I've only mm. done it for um, family and friends. Yes. And it just – the few that I've done for people that I don't know, it just feels weird. Mm-hmm. I don't like – if not that it's, like, duplicitous, but that it feels like – I don't know. I don't know them. Like, yeah. I'm going to screw something up or get a detail wrong, whereas, like, when it's friends and family, I just – like, I know these people. I know what they – why they want me there, mm-hmm. you know, what who they are, and it – so that's that's really heartening to know that you have such a benevolent and positive insight into what it's like dealing with people with this. Well, I think it's nice to like make it more personal yeah, because it is a personal thing. And I think, you know, this way, well, this is kind of a joke, but not really a joke that if they want to use their own faces, it's really easy to give it back to them. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. very true. That's very true. It's a joke. But how many, who, who's that many vases in their house? The Ming vases? Well, actually, like a lot of people have um, sentimental vases that they want, you know, like, oh, this was my mom's, like, um, my mom's vase, like I want to use in the arrangement or whatever. Hmm. So that's, they trust me with it versus they wouldn't necessarily trust like a big box florist if there is such a thing. Yeah. I mean, like a, like a chain. Well, no, I mean, okay, I'm sure somebody's going through Costco for something, you know, that it. Or, or yeah <laughs> the the uh 900 pound elephant in the room yeah here in exactly. Minnesota exactly that, uh, we shall not name uh-huh. um so fuck i had something there and lost it shoot must have been a lie <laughs> have you ever heard that no that if oh. it was that if you have a thought and then it fleets out like it's a lie i don't know really it's that's it again not a fact I'm just making it up. This has been Not a Fact with Alex. <laughs> That's our Thank side podcast. Not a fact. Yeah. <laughs> we just talk about whatever we feel. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Well, no, but. Uh, huh. That's going to drive me nuts, whatever those. Oh, I know. Okay. Other psychic story. You, you, you were talking about Johnny, and then you said there was something else that you wanted to talk about. So I. Um, well, okay. I have. Another psychic story and then, like, a spiritual healing story about him. Okay. The psychic story is, uh, so, the the his birthday is um, in December. He died 
coincidentally, June 2nd, which is the day I got married this year. He died several years before then, but um, we decided to celebrate it on the day our, having our wedding on that day, which is strange. It just was. Was that intentional? No. Okay. It was totally coincidental. I wanted to have it the weekend before. The only opening at the place was that weekend. Um, but the um, you're going to think I'm insane for this story. So his birthday is the day after Christmas. I was really sad. It had been like six months since he died. And I thought, I'm going to celebrate privately. <laughs> so I decided to turn my phone off for the whole day and just like sit with it. Because I had been so busy that summer and fall with work. And the way he died, he, his parents didn't have a, a open funeral. It was, they didn't, um, they were really ashamed of it. And oh. so no one was invited. It was just family. And it was a private service. And he was cremated. Um, so I didn't get to say goodbye. Um, which was tough. We had a, a, a rocky relationship for like six months before he died because he was struggling. Um, so I had some emotional guilt I had to deal with and I wasn't ready to deal with it um, while I was so busy with work. So I waited until the day after Christmas and I turned my phone off, had a bottle of champagne and I just like sat with it for the whole day. And I decided that... Um, I was going to call California psychics. <laughs> so I did. And it's not all bullshit, I think. It sounds insane. I get it. They can't see you. So they can't be reading up on too much. Like, are they, they would you say And they say can't look you up your... beforehand, right. you know? So I called and um, you can pick, like, people's specialties. So, like, this one was um, specialized in lost loved ones. And I feel like her name was Delilah. I don't remember. She was incredible. She goes, honey, did you lose your best friend? And I was like, eh. yeah, I did. And um, she goes, well, he's just, he's always with you. And um, which, okay, fine. They're going to say that, right? Um, but she said, do you have, um, is, is he... Is there like an art gallery that he loved or that he's in or something with art and an art gallery? And I was like, I don't think so. Um, and she said, well, are you going to open an art gallery in his honor? And I said, fuck no. Like, I don't have time for that. Ma'am, bring it in. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's baloney. But he was a graphic designer. He was an artist. Oh. Um, and then I kind of, I was like looking around my apartment and I was like, well, uh, and I had, I had come, Okay backtrack uh he's from south dakota i went to sturgis that august so it was like two months after he died and his family is from like an hour outside of sturgis so i emailed his mom and said i just want to come give you a hug and i i have questions can i come visit i'm going to be in town so i went and visited them and i got a lot of his stuff like i got a lot of his artwork oh really that he made um and all these posters so i looked around my apartment and I said, well, I have a lot of his art on my walls. And she goes, oh, well, there it is. You have basically an art gallery of his work surrounding you. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she said, uh, he comes and um, rubs my legs at night to calm me down. And I said, tell him to stop. That's weird. I've spoken for it, ma'am. Mm -hmm. No, that's I was single at the time. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, and she said that um, to tell his mom 
that the flock of birds was him. So jumping back to when I went to visit, his mom said that um, right after he passed, she would she would take these walks around this pond by her house. And there was a particular day where she was feeling extra sad. And um, this flock of birds, like basically hit her, like, like 30 birds just like ran her over. And I don't know what kind they were, but she was like, it was aggressive. <laughs> and she goes, and I think that was him saying like, I'm here, I'm watching you. Like, cause it was a lot of birds. It was all of a sudden. And it was when she was thinking like, I just miss you so much. It was just such an anomaly of like, yes. when do you see a flock of birds take off and yes. just wham? Literally run you over. Jesus. So the, the lady on the phone said, tell his mom that those birds were him. And, and I was like, I just started bawling. Cause how would she fucking know that? She wouldn't. So then, um, then she said, now, um, he doesn't like the man you're dating. And I, at the time, it was not a great person. It was very casual. He wasn't great. And she said, he thinks he's, um, she said, excuse me, he just is swearing a lot. So I'm going to swear a lot. Well, he had the word fuck tattooed on the inside of his lip. Yeah. So she said, um, he just thinks he's like a big douche. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. And she said, he's going to send you someone after the first of the year. And this was in December. And I was like, okay, cool. And she goes, now who's Brian? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't, I don't know a Brian. I truly don't. And I mean, I know of some Brian's, but like there's no one directly in my life named Brian that I connect with on a day to day. And it's surprising you remember that too. Yep. And well, because his ex-girlfriend who I um, was very good friends with at the time named Brianna. Okay. So I said, do you mean Brie? Like she goes, no, he's very clearly spelling out Brian. And I said, well, her name is Brianna. Could it be Brie? Because we are still very close. And after he passed, we like really bonded. Um, And she goes, no, I think he's going to send you someone named Brian. He's going to be really different from what you normally date. And I was like, okay, lady, who knows? We'll see, right? Smash cut to a year later, you're moving no. in with this dude. No. Well, yeah, exactly. A year later. Yeah. Um. So we met um, in that May. Yeah. May 4th. May the 4th be with you. So she said after January or after, so the, after first the first of the year, year you're going to meet someone named Brian. And then May that year, mm-hmm. you meet a Brian. So when you met Brian, did that click in your head of like... <gasps> Not until like after a month. Really? Mm-hmm. What was that like? Were you, tell me about that moment. I don't know that it was like a moment, but it was just like kind of seeped in. And I think it was probably after um, I finally told Brian about Johnny. Because ah. um, it was still really uh, emotional to talk about it. And yeah. like, so he'd be like, whoa, I like this poster on your wall. And I'd be like, oh yeah, cool. Thanks. Mm. You know, instead of being like, oh yeah, my friend made it. You know, oh, he's dead. Yeah. We were not speaking terms. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of stuff. So, um I think it was more like, oh, fuck, yeah. That psychic said his name was going to be Brian. Oh, shit, is this the guy? And, I mean, it was very obviously from the beginning, the guy, right? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I told Brian that, and he was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Thinks it's bullshit, but whatever. Goofball. Yeah. Uh, well, that is amazing, and thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you want to hear my other one about yes, him? Yes, please. So I had this friend who was a Reiki healer. Do you know what Reiki is? I'm passingly familiar. I've had a cleansing ceremony done on myself Mm. and this house, actually. Stop it. Really? Uh From who? Friend of my wife. But um, 
No, she's a very nice woman, and actually, I want to have her on the podcast. Uh, but she's very woo woo. Yes, very very. very I would woo-woo. love to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I want to have her over. Like she definitely like she when I went to Las Vegas, she's like she knew I was going to go to the haunted museum or whatever. She's like, don't go. Like yeah. you're too empathic. Don't. Yes. Like, yes. And I don't put any stock in that at all. So. You should though. You should though, especially with your anxiety stuff. I'm not kidding. Really? Yes. Okay. Because empathic people it's not anything related to psychic it's like you are just picking up other people's energies yeah and you take it on as yourself I and really that do. sucks you the fuck down it does yes so you should take stock in it you <laughs> dummy i i yeah this is why i talk to people because i don't have all the right answers so I'm giving you that right answer okay you should trust that woman um i will have her on and i'll let you know when this these venn diagrams overlap okay. so wh- why do you bring up reiki healing so okay um so she was training to be a Reiki healer, um, and she was past, like, whatever level where now she could do long-distance healing before she had to be, like, hands over your body. But sometimes if you're good enough, you can do it from another space. So, like, she was in her apartment. I was in mine. And she was like, can I just practice on you? And I was like, sure. What do I have to do? Lay down on the couch for a half hour? Fine. So we were laying on the couch. And we were, she was on speakerphone, right? So she wasn't saying anything. She just was like trying to clear me. And when you do the Reiki healing, if you're open to it and you close your eyes, you kind of like see these waves of colors. Did you experience that? What did you see in your uh, brain when it was happening? Nothing? I don't recall. I mean, okay. a lot of darkness just because my eyes were closed and right. I'm a dum-dum. You know, right. I mean, like, I think of it, I think of spirituality the way I think of s- sitting on my leg until it falls asleep where, like, mm. I don't feel anything because I might not have been, like, I have a limb, mm-hmm. but I sat on the thing until it fell asleep. Like, I don't necessarily, like, I might be hot-wired wrong to, like, Mm-mm. not necessarily. No, I just think that maybe um, it you're just blocked. That could be. Uh, purple comes to mind for some reason. Sure. That's why. good. That's your crown chakra. Okay. And that's the top of your head. And that's where you receive um, messages hmm. from the source. From the beyond. From yeah. the, the source. The source. Capital T, capital S. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. So anyways. Yeah. She was healing me long distance. And I. um whatever I was laying there trying to just focus on my body and what I was feeling in my body and you know what parts of me were feeling tingly or warm or whatever and um all of a sudden like from this from you can't see my I'm trying to describe it but Alex is gesturing over her right brow (laughs) like a head came over in my in my eyes like passing into your field of view yeah but like my eyes are shut so like in my brain um and it was johnny's face and he was this fucking close he was an inch away from me in my brain um my eyes are still fully closed and he's just this shit eating grin and he goes hi i'm okay now you can relax like being like hey fucker calm down stop being so goddamn sad like he's fucking with you like right in your face yes i'm fine oh my god that reminds me of another thing i have to tell you about him okay um and I sat up and she goes, what happened? And I go, oh, my God, Johnny just like came into my field of closed eye vision and said, like, I'm fine. Calm the fuck down. And I truly think because I was in such like a relaxed meditative state 
that he was like, here's my opportunity to be like, hey, I'm fine. Like, this is for the best. Like, this is, I struggled. I'm not struggling anymore. I'm having a good time. Please stop being so sad, you know? So that was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Intense. So that's why I think, like, when you die, you don't, you're not done. That there's something that continues on. Yes. And you can con- connect and commune with it that yeah. we might have just not. I've heard that when Spanish conquistadors <gasps> came to uh, the Americas, that the first people to see the boats arriving on the shore couldn't see them because okay. they didn't know how to process visually yes, what yes. they were seeing yes. until somebody finally pointed out, like, well, why are the waves right there? Mm-hmm. And then they realized, like, oh, fuck, what, what is yes. the wooden thing? Like, they, they didn't know how to process it, so it wasn't there. Like, that we have a similar thing happening where we don't, we're so distracted with our modern life of, you know, overstimulation and material trappings that we just have learned to shut off a way of otherwise perceiving the world that we don't give flex to. Like, yes. a part of our brain that we're just, you know, not the idea of, like, you only use 10% of your brain because, you know, well, lighting up all of your brain at once is a seizure. There's a reason we don't use all of our brain at yeah. once. That's why stoplights only have one light illuminated at a time. Because right. Which is it. maybe why do you think that you think of um, your body as like, my leg fell asleep with your religion. Oh, you know, I didn't key into that. Yeah. Like it's something that you don't, you're not aware of. You have no frame of reference for, yeah. which is maybe why you don't think it's real. Yeah, that could certainly be. I think it is. And that's I solved why we... all the problems. Podcast over. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Alex. She's taking over as host now. So tune in next week as she talks to Brian too. Uh, so what was this? This keyed into another thing. On you said that there was another story that you had. Mm-hmm. What's that? So um, it's related to Johnny again. Okay. Um, he was very technologically advanced. Worked at the Apple Store. You know, like knows everything about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the opposite. And anytime, like, my computer would act funky or, like, my TV would be weird, I'd call him or text him and be like, I don't know what's happening. Can you please come fix this? And we would always have the joke of, like, what happens when I die? What are you going to do? Like, <laughs> you're not all of your electronics will be broken. And then it turned into, when I die, I'm going to come back and haunt all of your electronics just to frustrate you because you're going to have no one to call. Oh, right? No. Hilarious. Okay. So, um, Right after he passed, uh, I I don't know how close it was. I mean, it was within like two months. Sure. Um, there was a day, and it was now they think about it like the first day I'd had off in a while because my brother was coming over and we were like doing a fun thing that day. Um, and I woke up and my my TV like the cable was out or something, so it was just like that fuzz, and I was like, well, that's annoying. So I guess I'll turn on my computer to check the news and like the weather, and my computer froze like the minute I turned it on, and I was like, ugh, annoying. So then, um, and my brother was coming over like in twenty minutes, so I walk into the bathroom, and I flip on the light to like get ready. All the light bulbs burn out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, this is a very frustrating morning. What is happening? There are days and there are days. <laughs> I know, but I lived in an old house at the time and like, what? I don't know. Shit happens. Yeah. Um, so then I get ready for the day and I like do the dishes, clean up a little bit, start the dishwasher. My brother comes over and I'm telling him all this and I'm like, isn't that weird? Like all these things happened. And he goes, he goes, oh, remember when Johnny said he was going to like haunt your stuff? And I was like, oh yeah, totally. That's so funny. Because we had talked about it you know, in the 
recently. And, um, and I was like, oh, that's so funny. So we're like, oh, Johnny, what a character. Just blaming it on nothing. And then um, we heard this weird noise coming from the kitchen. And the dishwasher had broken. And so there was soapy water all over the floor. And I looked at my brother and I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is insane. I can't believe that all this happened within 45 minutes. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? He goes from TV to computer, blows all your lights. Yeah. And then just every electronic thing that I had touched that morning broke. And that is crazy. That is nuts. So uh, now anytime, you know, my computer gets wonky, I I throw my fist up in the air and I say, Johnny. (laughs) Um, This has been absolutely awesome. Are you done already? Well, I mean, we're just, we're getting past an hour here and I want to say thank you. This has been phenomenal. You're standing invitation to come back anytime you Great. want and talk I have about this a lot more ghost stories please so do you have a particular one you before we wrap up do you have one you'd like to share about getting spooked because i freak out at the notion of it like i don't necessarily believe in spooky ghosts oh john i think that you need to maybe check yourself energy wise lest you I wreck think yourself that, yes because i think that you are a person that truly this could be a thing you could I well, and probably because I'm in fucking denial that like mm-hmm. I don't like I'd rather not know than expose myself to the possibility of it because the Lovecraftian horror of like the unknown and the ethereal freaks me out so bad that like I feel but better. But what if it's really cool? Oh, see, but <laughs> that's and that's where my therapist says, you know, it could be okay. You have mm-hmm. all these anxieties about what if, and you never think, oh, what if? You know that I just assume it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. So what? What is your particular spook story that you want to, that you would like to share, or do you want to save them all for Alex's haunted happy hour? Save them all because they're really good. Okay, cool. That's let's we'll earmark some time in the future. We'll get on the calendar okay. and do Alex's haunted happy hour. Yes, um, that is awesome. Uh, anything you want to talk about before we wrap up? Otherwise, uh, plug a business. I could do that, please. Uh, if you need flowers for a celebration, a party, um, a life celebration not a funeral um let me know it's thistlefloral.com you can email me alex at thistlefloral.com i'm also this is the first announcement of this launching this summer garden design get the fuck out yeah so um i'm just doing it for friends and family right now well i kind of work out some kinks because it's not like an instant process i can't like fix whatever i have to wait for things to blossom and grow sure um so i'm just doing friends and family right now this summer okay um then next summer officially offering it like posting it on the website and stuff so this summer is going to be really interesting so if you need any garden help okay let me know and that can be literally anything if you just want me to come over and like tell you what to do or answer some questions i will help you what I've always had help with is, is this a weed or is this supposed to be here? Yes. I will help you with that. That's, yeah. We can do it like monthly. We can do it one time, whatever you need. And then um, also like winter planters. I know winter's kind of done, but like next winter. Podcasts are perennial. Yes. Depending when you're listening, mm-hmm. Alex is also available for winter planters. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Thistle Floral. They do fantastic work. She does fantastic work. It's just me. It's just Alex. She does great work. Thank you. This has been so fun. I can't thank you enough. Um, And I look forward to Alex's Haunted Happy Hour. Yay. Cool. Good job. Mm -hmm.